The following content has been provided by RWTH, Aachen University. Experimental design. There's two different ways, basic ways, that you can set up your design. These are important to understand because this comes up every time you design an experiment. Um, you can design your experiment in a so-called between groups form. Um, that basically means that you split the different variants of the experiment between the two groups. That's where the word comes from. So each subject, each user that you're, each participant that you have, only does one variant of the experiment. That means you have at least two groups. One that is the so-called treatment group that gets the, you know, the uh, one level of the, of the independent variable that you're studying, and the control group that gets the other level of the independent variable. Big advantage here is that you don't have learning uh, effects across variants. What do I mean by that? Well, for example, um, let's say we want to study mouse versus touch band, right? We want to find out what's faster to acquire targets. So if I let people use only the mouse pad, you guys use only the mouse pad, you guys use only the touch pad, then um, there's no danger that for the task that you get used to the task doing it in one way, and then in the other treatment when you get to use the second device, you would be faster. Right? There's no learning effect. However, the disadvantage, of course, is that we require more users, right? Because I now only have 20 users for one condition and 20 for the other, rather than having 40 for each. If I had everybody do both conditions, that would be the within groups design, um, I wouldn't have that problem. <coughs> the thing with learning effects is interesting because it means that the between groups design is actually, and this will be important when you, know, you need to run any kind of experiment, so you need to think about this, the between groups design is okay if you have a task that uses very basic cognitive processes. Why? Because then you can assume that these kinds of things aren't really going to be phenomenally different between people. So splitting your group in half is totally fine. What do I mean by that? Well, um, I could run into a problem here. I could say, unfortunately, all the smart people are sitting towards the window. In this room, and all the dumb people are sitting on this side of the room, right? Just hypothetically speaking here. Um, so if I now did my study with between groups and I said, you guys touchpad, you guys mouse, and you like touchpad like crazy, and you're super fast because you're also smart, and you're like mouse away, you don't know what you're doing, and then we get results like, oh, the mouse is so much worse than the touchpad, but it only came out of an anomaly in the, the user base I picked. Right? If I had everybody do both conditions, so you guys go, oh, mouse is slow, but touchpad, you're also, oh, very slow, and you guys just you know, go crazy on both mouse and touchpad, then the, we would cancel out these individual differences in the groups. Right? So um, that's the within groups design. If you let everybody who takes part do all the variants of the experiment. We don't need as many users because we now have 40 people doing every single experiment rather than 20. Um, and we cancel out individual differences between people, which is important. Um, 
This is something that you want to do for most complex tasks, like typing, reading, composition, problem solving, things where the differences between individuals tend to be much bigger than with basic things like um, you know, tapping, dragging, or visual search, like simple cognitive tasks. But the problem, of course, is learning effects, right? If I have everybody do the, the, um, the mouse experiment and then everybody does the um, trackpad experiment after that, then you might have learned something about the experiment, about the setup, about the machine you're using here, um, and you might be faster in the second one. So let's see if we can come up with the right design for each of those um, in our example. So what about the folks with the security training? Yeah. You can use only in between groups because uh, I mean they're completely separated. Right. Right. So it's impossible to have somebody not take a security training and take a security training. Um, so between group study seems to make the most sense here because once you've taken the training, you have a very strong learning effect that happened and that cannot be undone. Right. So in this case, you could do it only with with two groups or. Well, you could uh, too uh, put, uh, get users which haven't attended the security training program, mm -hmm. let them uh, yeah, get their passwords, mm -hmm. measure them, and then yeah, they attend a security training program. Mm -hmm. and after that, you test them again. Right, so you could run it basically saying, okay, we're going to see what kind of passwords you do, then we expose you to the security training, and then we're going to have you do the passwords again. That would be a possibility. Although there's a certain danger there that people, by having experienced that and being part of this experiment, they notice the issue of um, passwords um, being insecure, and they might that might change their their predict. Uh, you know, so you're not really observing only the effect of the security training in this case. You're actually observing the effect of the security and this double experiment setup. So it's a little little uh, um, risky. Yeah. It's. Uh good to measure uh, a special security training program. So um, when mm -hmm. you take your, your subjects and, okay, they know it's about security, that means in the first place they try to make up secure passwords, mm -hmm. and then after the security training program they have a certain knowledge, uh -huh. then you can say, okay, what, what uh, does, uh, does the, the knowledge they get during the program uh, make their password? Okay, yep. Yes, yes, that would be a possibility, that's right. So if you had them actually go through and say, like, create as secure passwords as you can, um, and then they take the training, and then you do that again, you would see whether they learned something about that. Um, again, a slightly different thing, because asking somebody explicitly, I want you now to create the most secure password you can come up with, is different from what kind of passwords people create in their daily lives. And that's in the, in the end, that's what you want to learn. Do they actually transfer that knowledge to their daily use, or do they go back home and then they again use, you know, secret as the password for everything, right? Um, okay, but you see already, this is a tricky business, right, to get this right. And there's never an experiment that is completely unquestionable. There's always some way that the experiment results could have been explained in some other way, or that there could be something else going on. You just want to <coughs> reduce and minimize these effects that that you want to that you can cancel out. Okay, number two, joysticks, trackballs. What's the experimental design? Yep. 
It's more like a between groups design because if I first test uh, a user if he can track a static target with the joystick mm -hmm. and after that I give him a moving target, of mm -hmm. course it's a different task, mm -hmm. but it's uh, the same execution. This content was provided by RWTH, Aachen University.